Welcome to our very first R-rated podcast. I've got my main man, Ben Ward here. Good buddy. We go way back and we are excited to share some insights with you guys today. Ben, it's so good to have you here. Roach. You're the guinea pig. <laughs> so we don't know how this is gonna go, but I'm hoping it's gonna be freaking awesome. I love it, no doubt. Together, I woke up this morning, and I, just the fact that you and I get to come and have a conversation, I like leapt out of bed. Yeah, and just pumped to be here with you. Well, it was cool to see you, and you know, all of a sudden we start going back and reminiscing on old times, and I'm like, this is just gonna be freaking fun, dude. We go deep, man. I I remember. I mean, you remember our Arizona trip recruiting out in Arizona yeah. all day long and in those trenches where you want to kind of duck aside and duck out and like, you know, you're tapping people on shoulders and they, they want to like punch you in the face. Yeah. yeah. Dude, we've gone so totally. deep from the trenches there to door to door for years. Well, you were my, so, I mean, going back a little bit of history here, 2004 was my first stint in direct sales yeah. and you were actually my assistant manager. Yeah. Funny story that I, I share with a lot of people, but I haven't referenced your name as much, but I remember not knowing what I was doing, and I was finally at my wits end, and I had a regional manager who said, dude, you gotta, you gotta write down what you're gonna say, and, and it has to make sense, and so I'm like, I okay. Remember, I know where you're going with yeah. this Yeah, and I'm like, That's okay, right. cool, like, and I start writing it down, and I'm like, oh, this is like the Mona Lisa of sales pitches, and just in passing, I happened to share it with you, and you're like, okay, this is good, this is good, change this. If you say this line, you're gonna get the cops called on you. That was your exact word, I will never forget it. Like people are going to call the cops. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I, will, I will admit that, <laughs> that specific line. But that was the beginning of me figuring it out. And a lot of it was your coaching and training and, and helping me, it ended up being a phenomenal experience and, and catapulted me into an, an incredible career and I owe a lot to you for that, so. Well, man, it's, uh, it's been such an honor to learn with you. I consider you one of my, one of my mentors in my life that I've learned so much from. And some things, something, one of the things, that I remember this, do you remember when we had that leadership event where Ray Burke did the truffle shuffle? Yes. I mean, we can't yeah. forget that. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if we want to, we want to model the truffle shuffle, <laughs> right, right here, right and now. People have seen the, the movie, right? Seen Sandlot, they know the truffle they shuffle, know the truffle all shuffle. kinds of crazy times. Yeah, so great. Uh, well, cool. Well, you know, one of the things that I love about your career and, you know, I, I'm going to do my best to kind of outline kind of where you have gone, but we connected at our very first company together in direct sales. And I was there for four years. I know you had been there prior to that. And we, we both kind of followed similar career paths, right? Found a way to be successful enough at sales and then kind of moved into sales management, right? Yeah. Yep. And then, and then regional sales management. Um, where you and I were both, you know, commanding, I, I think I had at one point 220 sales reps that I got the privilege to work with and, and you were even more so than that, right? And so just an opportunity for us to lead and grow and to expand and kind of figure some things out along the way, In the trenches, right? Man, yeah. A little bit of yeah. trial and error. Um, and then, you know, since then you've done other really incredible things throughout your career. If you want, you can maybe kind of highlight some of the... Uh, I don't know, the, the cool points that were very instrumental in kind of where you jumped from there and what you gained. And just a kind of a quick synopsis on how you got to where 
you're at today, which is what I want to talk a lot about. Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> after we worked together, our, the company we worked with, we crushed it in sales, recruiting, and then operationally things fell apart. So then we dissembled. Otherwise, we'd still be working together totally. today. We were lifers. 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 We, we, we actually, dude, I saw this week, I pulled them out of my drawer that the blood, the creed, the creed where, where Dude, we pricked our fingers and put our are, creed on people there. People are going to think we're, we're freaking weirdos. This was not our idea, by the way. We need to actually put a picture. We need to, I need to send you a picture of this so we can put it up on this video. But literally, like, we had this creed. It's like we were like... The dynasty. These, yes, these principles that we were going to live by. And literally, we got one of those little, like, what are those pens? Finger you know? prickers. Yeah, whatever. Put blood oath on there. Looking back, I'm like, what were we freaking what were we doing? doing? I can't believe we did that. And I can't even believe that we had like an entire sales management team that also went along, along with it. <laughs> and somehow HR, well, I know. they didn't know about that's, it. That's pre-HR, clearly. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I, I, the moral of the story is we were highly committed yes. to each other and to what we were doing. And that was going to be the only place that we worked. And I think even though things <clears throat> unraveled, I think that there are elements of that, especially loyalty to a cause and to people that we're, we're good, we're important. Totally. And I think we both carried that with us. And we learned so much on what it actually takes to succeed. Yeah. Like yeah, in yeah. real life, there's totally. like theory, like, oh, I'm gonna go. But like in the trenches, learning how to build teams, keep, keep teams, yeah. like retention, yes. recruiting, building, and, and Sales, how do you draw out the very best of the people that you lead? How yeah. do you help somebody? Like, it's one thing knowing how to sell yourself, like personally selling, the, you know, but then to be able to do that with somebody else. We learned that in the trenches together. Yeah. And I had such, you and I have a lot of similarities, but I had such this unquenchable fire to take this knowledge and, and not let it just like, not bury it in the sand and yeah. I, I had this passion to take this to the world yeah and like share what it takes to actually drive results in sales and as a leader and so it's really since that since that time I've been coaching mentoring training other sales leaders all over the place in on what it takes to to drive results with your team yeah and, and I love that because <clears throat> I think it's it's one thing to be able to play in the arena of maybe companies or organizations that we get to serve but you know, you just fundamentally felt that there were principles and, and knowledge that you had that could serve a broader audience, right? And and just hats off to you for just deciding to play a bigger game, because I think that's what it's all about, right? It's really believing that you have something to contribute, and then having the guts to actually go out there and do it, because it's it's a little bit of putting yourself out there, totally, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you're exposed and vulnerable, and you can fall on your face, totally. Which we all, we've, we, you and I have fallen on our faces, yes. in our in our careers, right? Yeah, it's scary, course. yeah, yeah. But but with that, I think we would all agree comes a lot of growth, totally. right? The ability to pick yourself back up, and usually things end up getting better, yeah. Which is one of my favorite quotes of all time, a Tony Robbins one, is that life is typically happening for you not to you, yeah. right? And I think you would probably agree with that. 100%. As well. 100%. I, to answer even your question a little more, like the starting point for me I, um, in my journey to where I'm at now and where I'm I, I, a mentor, a trainer, I work with sales leaders and executives and helping them you know, you know, with their teams. Yeah. Brian Tracy, you were with me. Yes. Brian Tracy. first introduction to yeah. Brian Tracy. We, we brought him, Brian came into like one of our mastermind groups. It's unbelievable because he is like one of the leadership you know, sales gurus, Just right? Especially when it comes to sales. Like he's, he's on the Mount Rushmore yeah. when it comes to sales and sales leadership, right? Yep. And 
what, like, I don't think we even quite understood how big of a deal he was. We were all pumped about it. But I know. We, we've really we're like, oh, we've read the books. We've read some of his sales. Yeah. You know, eat the frog. This guy's whatever. the man. Yeah. But dude, something he said that day, you were in the room with me, changed, like just, it just, it hit me like, like I don't like a, yeah. 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 It just like hit me like Feel a it. Mack truck. Like, whoa. <laughs> He's like, listen, being good at sales and being good at leading other people are two totally different skill sets. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa like yeah. like because i was personally you were too yeah we, like you and i were going through that ourselves for sure where we'd sold awesome we yeah. killed it we crushed it personally but then now we were both at that point new managers yes and yeah. i just it was almost like it broke my brain because i'm like where's the solution for that for and sure because there's such an inherent problem yes the problem is being good at sales is what gets you into management yes oh he's good at sales he'll yeah. he can show these other people how to do it yeah gets you a look right yeah but then when it actually comes down to it some of the qualities that make you really good at sales like aren't the qualities that make you really good at duplicating yourself yes or gaining leverage results helping other people teach them how to be good and and so I've spent, since that time, like I just, I'm like, had this passionate like obsession actually. I'm like, and I, how do I help other people achieve the results I have? Yeah. Cause it's almost like, I always, I always joked. I was like, I wish I had a chip that I could like put in the brain of somebody that I'm, I'm working with. Yeah. And if you could just knew, if you just knew this, all these things that I've learned, yeah. like you would be able to like in a second transfer the knowledge and it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, I know. I know, but it, it's probably useful it doesn't work that way. Because yeah. going through the grind and the leveling up, it's the uncomfortable is what makes it so rewarding, right? And, and, and like we've heard, like growth is uncomfortable. If we grow, if we're a kid, sometimes there's growing pains, right? It's the same type of thing with that, but that's why when you arrive, it's so beautiful Dude. on the other end. You 100%, know? bro. And like, it's like, I love that. The growth process is uncomfortable. That makes me think of like the seed. Yeah. You think of a seed, you already know this, but like you, you put a seed, the only way for that seed to, to grow, it will not grow unless it, it's like with the dirt and the things that are happening, unless it absolutely combusts, unless it blows up. Yeah. It's like, and in our lives, like, so the seed won't even take root unless it blows up from the pressure. Yeah. The same thing is true. We've learned, we've learned this and we're still learning. We're going to continue to learn and grow yeah. that these, that like the growth process, especially for our sales teams, for our sales guys, it's, it's dirty. It's uncomfortable. It's hard. It's so easy and natural to like point fingers at oh, this person. But, but as we, as, as a, <clears throat> um, what it really takes to grow is taking that and being like, okay, I've created, look at my world, I've created it, taking that responsibility and taking action despite that fear. And so like as we've been able to mentor people along the way, it's, man, my brain is flooding with so many thoughts, so many memories. Right now, we haven't seen each other in how long? I don't know, man. In person, in person? I bet it's been probably, it could be as long as 10 years. 10 years. And, dude, yeah. and yet my leadership was forged in the trenches with you. Yeah. And so I I'm know. like getting a little bit emotional and also having like all these <laughs> flooded know. memories There's with you, bro. only good memories. Yeah, I, I love it. And I, I love the concept. We're going to talk about your, your book here in a second. But, you know, what you basically just explained you were able to take and kind of put it into a book and put it into a story that makes it makes it a fun read, right? Because I think most salespeople, 
maybe sometimes a little cocky, yeah. right? You're coming off having a really good year. You're like, I'm, I'm the guy, I'm the gal, right? I am the person that's, that's now going to be able to deliver in leadership. And that's not the only qualifier. It is a qualifier, right? Because clearly you have to be able to impart the knowledge to help someone, you know, learn the process, be able to master it, right? And there's... You have to have that credibility Yes, you do. You clearly do, right? Or else I'm not going to follow you. But it is only a piece of a much larger picture that's required for you to become a sales leader. I love the, the title of your book, Sellership, right? Play on, obviously, sales and leadership kind of together and a new word which I think should be included in the Webster dictionary but I yes. love it <laughs> I love it but it was cool when you as you were going through this project you know I I was uh, privileged for you to bounce a couple ideas off of me uh, the title of the book which I did not come up with this title um, way cooler than, than the ideas that I gave <laughs> you right but I did make I'm, I'm, there's a Ryan in here, which you purposely put in. 100%. So thanks, man. Dude, 100%. I'm, uh, I'm now famous thanks to you. So. Oh, dude. <laughs> well, something you were just saying about, like, you know, transitioning into leadership. I, I talk about it in there where it's like the I trio. Yeah. You got to ditch. Like, when, when you're going into leadership, like, first you're selling. It's just all about me, myself, and I. Yeah. Right? The yep. I trio is what we call it. Yeah. You got to, like, put off the I trio because it is no longer about you. Yeah. And it's right as a leader, like it's now it's about how can I serve this person in a way that's going to be meaningful to them. And it's lonely at the top. Yeah. Like as a leader, you're like no good deed goes unpunished. You might be trying to help somebody and and like working with them and with good intentions. And and maybe it's not received that way, but it's not about you. It's about how can you pour into, how do you pour into that, that other person and it doesn't always, it doesn't always like credit's not, not given often to the leader. Yeah, but you have to trust that principle as well that, that by you investing in others that you'll receive your own reward tenfold, right? It goes back to that Zig Ziglar quote, you help enough people do what they want, then you'll get what you want, right? Isn't that powerhouse? Yeah. I it, think it, like every, I mean, we've talked about that back in the day. Yeah. And it's timeless though. It's timeless. Yeah, it's, it's a principle, right? It's going to always apply. Um, but it's a beautiful thing, and I think it's not something that necessarily comes quickly and easily for everyone, no. right? For anybody. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've seen some more than others, right? But some, it's like, dude, I've been so self-centered my entire life, which has served me. Right. It's why I got the opportunity in the first place. Yes. But now I have to learn a completely new skill, work a new muscle to now be, this is about you yeah right and i care enough about you this is no longer about me that i am all in in your development right dude and that's that's easier said than done too totally. and like how do you and so yeah. one one thing if i could sum up bro since we i mean we haven't even ch- chatted like if, if here we are just chatting yeah. if i could sum up what i've learned ryan and my experience o- over the last 20 years leading teams and we've gone gone separate ways and doing rad different things i've summed it up into one word of what it actually takes this is actually hard to do. Some of leadership and what it takes. Yeah, to I'm like one, fascinated to hear you actually have an answer to that. Like one word that I found that actually creates like true leadership. And by leadership, I mean like true impact. And by that, I mean like how do you help somebody who maybe was not motivated and like drive them into action? Like yeah. what does it take? And what I found as a leader, Genshai. This word, Genshai. 
Kazentai. Excuse me. Wait. I have no idea what that is. Is that Japanese? No, it's Hindi. Oh, okay. It's, it's, an, ancient right. Hindi, it's an ancient Hindi word. Okay. Which means to never treat another person in a manner that would make them feel small. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And that also dovetails including yourself. Yeah. And, and so, like, this goes, for me, I found that <clears throat> leaders, one, one way to, to just be like a grenade as a leader, that you pull the pin and you throw the grenade at your own feet, <clears throat> blowing yourself up, is by, by being the macho, like, you know, ah, oh, making it about me and, like, and yeah. like treating people, if the people around you feel yeah. small, because yeah. if they feel small, that diminishing effect is one of the biggest cancers, the biggest destroying factors. Huh. The leaders, especially high-performing salespeople that haven't yet learned, because it's learnable. Yeah. They haven't yet learned about making the shift from, from me to we, right? Yeah. From, from I ditching the I trio, which in, in like, too many, too many leaders blow themselves up, blow up their leadership by, yeah. by treating other people around them small. And, and so, Genshai, to yeah, me. So, so I, have, I have a question about that, right? Yeah. Because I've also seen usefulness in you as a leader um, showing strength, right? People, people love strength. You love the certainty that this person is going to lead you to the promised land, yep. right? So I guess, how do you accomplish that? Right, helping your people have a better belief system while maintaining like humility, because that's almost what it sounds like, right? Is you're maintaining humility, but I think we wouldn't. I, I I don't think you would disagree that that strength and that belief system you create for your people is also critical. Hundred percent. So there's a fine balance because because treat, when you treat treat people small, like <clears throat> you want to treat people big, right? You yeah. want to treat people like they're big. It's like what Gertrude says. If you treat a man as he is, he'll stay as he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you treat him as if he were what he could and ought to be, he'll become what he could and ought to be. Of course. So, so there's the balance between treating people big and then, and then, but big doesn't mean soft. Yeah. So, so, so like it's the whole principle of meekness is not weakness. So you yes. can be meek and mighty, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I'm not talking about being a wimpy leader. Gen, gen shy. Kazuta, yeah. Gen yeah. shy. I'm going to be a wimpy leader because I don't want to treat you small. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the opposite. It's, it's actually being willing and able, equipped to have the needed conversations. Yeah. The crucial conversations. I love that. And so you want to be, here's, this, here's the key. Yeah, yeah. Here's, like, with Gen shy, this is one of the master strategies. I teach this all over. And it's game changing. You want to be soft like a brick. You want to be to be to like to live gin shy truthfully uh, is you don't want to treat people you don't want to be a wimpy leader and not treat not be willing to have hard conversations or like oh I'm just I don't want to make you feel small so I better like watch I better I better watch out like I better feelings. not say this no yeah. gin shy is the opposite yeah because it's being willing to have the needed conversation imagine this dude if we're not willing to have the needed crucial conversations when they're necessary we're being selfish. Yeah, like we're legit. robbing them. We're right? robbing. We're that, and we're yeah. th who are we thinking about? Well, I don't want to offend them. Who are we thinking about by not having that conversation? Yeah, how it's going to impact me emotionally. They're going to blame me. Yep. They're, I'm going to look like the bad. I don't want to be the bad guy, so I'm not going to have that conversation because yep. I. But when we become equipped 
where we're like, I know how to have this conversation in a way that treats them big, but I'm not going to treat them small and keep them where they're, I'm not going to underlead them. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have this conversation and here's how it is. You want to be soft like a brick. The soft part, the soft part is the spirit of Genshai, which is listen, I see you. Yeah, yeah. I see you. I see you. Yeah. I'm not, I, I'm going to care enough about you not to leave you where you're at. And, you know, do I have your permission to challenge you? The golden question. Do I have your permission to challenge you? It all starts from a, from a, from a, from a seed, a seedbed of Genshai, which is, do I have your best interest at heart? Yeah. Do you know that? Do you feel that? And when there's that level, I remember a conversation you and I had. Um, I, this just came to my mind. You have such a better memory than me. No. I love it. No. I love it. So I'm you like were, learning about my own life through you. Yeah, <laughs> you'll remember this because I felt like a schmuck after. But because, but I remember you were you were training. You're such a good trainer. You're so full of life. It's like it's like a volcano of lava coming out of you. When Ryan's like he's like super chilled, and it's time for him to go. He's like, oh, you're kind. But no, thank you. And yeah. you gave this training. It was amazing. And my little brain, I just I started seeing hearing ums. Do you remember this? Oh yeah. And I started like like huh. All right, I wonder how many ums. After 17 ums, I stopped. And then afterwards, I cared about you. I, I'm like, dude, this guy's, dude, I already know you're like, what you, what you were currently doing then and what you're gonna do. And just as your friend, yeah. like, did I just keep that to myself? I wanted to, I didn't wanna tell you this. Yeah. I didn't wanna want like tell you, hey, Brian, can I have a conversation? That's the last conversation I wanted to have. But I freaking respect you enough to be like, Brian, Ryan, like, can we, can we talk? Like, yeah. Like, do I have permission to kind of challenge you a little bit? Yeah. Dude, first of all, that was freaking amazing what you just did. Everyone's pumped up. There's, there's something I've seen that you could refine. And I shared with you, I'm like, dude, you, you had like 17 ums in the first, like, I don't know, a couple minutes. And I just stopped after that. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah, I actually don't. You don't remember that? I don't. But ah! it's, it's clearly impacted me because I don't think I say it near as much as I used to. But, yeah. but the thing about it is... You, I think, I, you haven't said it at all, and I'm not even trying to like, yeah, look No, it, and I, I appreciate that, but I think that, that with that, like if you, if you truly care about growth and progression, you should be okay with coaching like that, right? Do, do you care about your feelings or do you care about the result, right? There it is. And I, and I, think, I think that's powerful. You know, some interesting things, you know, soft as a brick. I, what I often share with sales leaders is to take 100% responsibility for everything in your life. Yeah. And one of those things is to be direct, be powerful in your communication, but also take responsibility for how it lands. Boom. Right? Like, how do you care about the result or you care to flex in this moment where you're gonna hit them upside the head or do you want this to actually be received so that they go and take it and apply it, right? Dude, I've, I think that hits a chord that's legit next level hard to apply. Yeah. And it, and, so a mentor of mine told me one time, he's like, Ben, the best leaders on the planet take responsibility for how people hear them. Yeah. And this came off of a scenario where I was in an executive boardroom and I, and I was seeing what was going on and I stood up and I challenged everybody like pretty, pretty hard. Yeah. And I was coming from a place of like, we got to protect. We, yeah, like yeah. I was coming from a place of like. It was from a good place. Good right? place. Yeah, totally. But the result of that split the house. The, half of the exec team loved what I had to say and was like high fiving me, fist pumping. Yeah. The other half, one of them walked out of the room. Yeah. And it caused this yep. divide. And I felt personally justified. I'm like, dude, this was, I, it needed to be said. I was like, it was the right thing to be said. And I 
blamed those. I blamed them. Yeah. I'm like, dude, they didn't. They received it wrong. They received. And, it's on them. And it, the problem was the result to the organization was was like a like a wrecking ball. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. And it wasn't until months later, where finally I received this hard counsel that I didn't accept, which was the best leaders take responsibility for how how others hear them. Yeah. And I'm like, well, they heard me wrong. Like my intention was to serve the organization. Yeah. But it's taken me some time to actually get to what you're saying about yeah. taking response. This one experience where looking back now, I can see that what could I have done better to communicate my intent yeah. because it fell flat yeah. massively and was cancer. But that was never my intention. That one lesson was so hard. And what you're saying, I think there's just so much wisdom. You, you can't gain that wisdom without going through what you've gone through, where you've built teams, recruited them, built tons and hundreds and thousands of different people that you've brought through and have taken them and led them by, and from, the, from the trenches can, to gain that wisdom. And those who are watching us right now, dude, that piece of wisdom you just shared, man, is, is profound, dude. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate you saying that. I, and I will challenge you a little bit. I don't having lived it somewhat, I don't think it's as difficult to nail as you might think. I think it's just when you know you're going to have to deliver something, information, sometimes something that's really sensitive, you're going to have to take them out of their water, right? We all swim in, in our own water. We're in our own environment. We have no idea. Yeah. But when you take them out, just like it would be for a fish, it is uncomfortable, right? And I think it's just asking yourself a question, how can I deliver this message? to where it will land in the most positive way possible, where mm. I can get the, the best outcome possible. I think it's just taking a couple extra seconds, asking that, it allows for you to like set your ego aside and be like, okay, cool, well, so, so what is the answer? Okay, well, if I want this to land the greatest, I'm going to communicate it like this, I'm gonna use this type of tone, I'm gonna be powerful in my communication, but it is going to land in my mind right now in the most effective way possible. Because if I don't care about my ego, I don't care about needing to flex because this guy did something so wrong, right? Yeah. I just care about the result, right? It's, I think when you put your, take yourself out of it and all you are committed to is the result and you're trying to find the best pathway to get there, I think it becomes easier than sometimes we think. I love it. Right? That, to me, that's the spirit of Genshai. Yeah, yeah. The spirit of Genshai is, listen, we got my team. How can I serve them in a way that's going to drive the, the best outcome for them. How can I help them become their very best? Not, yeah. not, my, not, not mimic me, not become me. I'm not, I'm not gonna try to duplicate a bunch of me, but how can I duplicate the results that I've been able to get with this person drawing out the best within them? Yeah. And I love that, dude. That, I appreciate the challenge, dude. That, that's cool. That's like a simple hack any of us yeah. could do at any time to, to take as part of taking responsibility yeah. for how others, how others hear us. Yeah, well, well I yeah, I, I learned this from Tony Robbins, but, you know, ask yourself a more powerful question, you'll get a more powerful answer, Dude, right? Yes. And it's just, for me, it's just a, it's a hack that immediately gets me to think what I need to think, right? Yeah. You're, you, you, everything you have is within you. Yeah. Like, everything you need is within you, right? And I, I think it's just, you know, asking yourself a question. But getting back to uh, something else, you know, I, I love what you're, you're sharing here with this this concept, Ginshi, is that, am I saying that Genshai. right? Ginshai. So G-E-N-S-H-A-I. Okay, Ginshai. Because I was, I was just listening to something the other day from, from Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you yeah. know yeah. Jordan Peterson, but he talked about a quote that we've, we've heard 
called, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth. Mm. And he said, I feel like oftentimes that's misinterpreted. Yes. That doesn't mean soft, right. right? It doesn't mean that you don't challenge, that you're not courageous. It means that you can wield the sword, but you choose to sheath it, right? <laughs> Jordan, and I was just like, oh respect. my gosh, that is incredible. Mm. Like, I that's love good. that, right? That's soft like a brick. Yes. Because the yeah. soft part, there's, there's two elements that are critical for soft like a brick. Soft is they have to know that you genuinely care about them. Yeah. If they feel from you that, that you genuinely have their best interest at heart, yeah. that's the soft part. Yes. The brick is being willing to have the needed conversation, whatever that might look like, yeah. and being, being willing to have that and having a skill set to be able to communicate you know, and take responsibility for how, this, how they hear you. And, and nobody wants to be shamed and blamed and pointed at. And so how do yeah. you communicate in a way that's soft like a brick and the, spirit, the, the foundation is genshai, yeah. is, is to never treat another person in a manner that would make them feel small, yeah. including yourself. Yes. Got it. No, but it, it seems to me, and you referenced this earlier, but trust to me seems like the foundation. Like if you don't have that, then there's no way to, to build upon it. I feel like that has to be the core part. I mean, dude, would you agree with that? Or? 100%. I see okay. that as one of the four laws of leadership. Okay. Actually, one of my chapters in my book is called The Four Laws of Leadership. Okay, sweet. And trust. And that's in there? Yeah, it's okay. in fellowship. Yep. Awesome. And trust, <laughs> don't fool yourself. Like into thinking, yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna lead this person to the highest degree possible if one, you don't trust them, and or two, they don't trust you. And so, the starting point for effective, like, highly impactful leadership is, which is, in my opinion, from my, from my experience, 100% what you said, yeah. they have to know that you trust them. Yes. Now, if you don't trust them, too many leaders, including myself, early on, and I have to keep learning this and going, is too many leaders don't trust somebody on their team. And then yeah. they start blaming them. Well, I don't trust you. And, but the opposite has to be true, where yes. if I don't trust you, what am I doing? The ownership you were just talking about, yeah. responsibility. Yeah. Taking responsibility for, for the lack of trust Maybe they did something, but, but are, are, have we had that conversation about it? Because oftentimes those conversations will flush out and be yeah. like, oh, well, oh, it was a misunderstanding. But too many of us as leaders, we don't trust somebody on our team and we blame them yeah. for, not, for not being trustworthy. Well, yeah, victim mentality. What, yes. are, what, are, what am I doing as the leader? with somebody? First of all, what am I doing with somebody on my team that I don't trust? That's on me as a leader. And that's where if we're, if we're not willing to have those crucial conversations, soft like a brick. Yeah. Hey, listen, Ryan, there's a situation that just happened. I've, it's been keeping me awake, honestly, at night. Like, this thing happened, and I saw it this way, but I wanted to understand from you. For sure. Like, is this what you meant? This is what I heard? Yeah. I, I, pay, I don't even want to say these words to you, yeah. but like, that type of conversation, and you'd be like, yeah, no, I did say that. Like, Okay, well, yeah. that's a problem with me. Let's have this, let's duke this out right now. I or, dude, Ben, what are you talking about? No, yeah. no, yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to recruit your guy. Yeah. You and I have had this conversation. Yeah. No, Ryan, I wasn't trying to recruit your guy. You have him. And it's been back with you. Same with me. For sure. Like, Ben, yeah. I wasn't trying to recruit your guy. You have him. That trust. But imagine if we weren't willing to have those conversations, yeah. I would hate you today. Yeah, but, but the way you approach that conversation is profound, right? Because I think it, it comes down to, you know, no matter how thin you slice it, there's always two sides. And sometimes I feel like 
I have looked at situations and I'm like, I have all of the, all of the information I need to know. I know what they did and I am coming after them. And early in my career, I would come in guns a blazing. Yeah. And then I would, I'd leave a lot of conversations with egg on my face. I'm like, I did not understand it, right? You burn the relationship to the ground instead of giving them the benefit of the doubt as you approached it with me. And yes, the outcome might still be the same, but let's at least get some perspective. And in my experience, it never is as black and white as what you have made it to believe. Maybe there is some truth to that. Maybe right. there is some breakdown. And you gotta flesh that out yeah. and communicate that but out. But it's yeah. usually not as bad as sometimes it gets communicated up to us, right? So I, I love that, super profound. Um, so, you know, the, the book itself, I wanted to ask you something. First of all, unbelievable. You referenced Brian Tracy. Brian Tracy writes the foreword in your book, which is, I mean, unbelievable. So freaking cool. And I was like running around my house when he, when he agreed to it. I'm like, yeah, it was just yeah. like this moment because I've looked out to him. I've, he's written like 80 best-selling books. I've read like almost all of them yeah. and they've changed awesome. my life. And he's, he's like my hero. Yeah. And he's the most gracious human being. Oh, he's yeah. so kind. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, he's, he's, he's just, a, just a, a nice guy, you know, and, and, but he's, he's profound in his wisdom. But you had referenced that, that was it, he came over to your house or something or, or you had some type of connection with him. And I, you, you wouldn't tell me what it was, ah, but yeah. I want to hear it right now. So you remember when we were in Oakley and yes. we, we brought him into our mastermind and he's, he's, he said, I can't remember if we've talked, if we've just, just talked about this. We were talking before. Yeah. I can't remember if we were during this conversation, we came up, but, but Brian came in and he shared with, he's like being good at sales and being good at leading are two totally different things. Yes. Have, did we talk about this in this conversation? Yes. Yeah, okay, we did. Good. Yeah. Okay. So from there, um, Brian, <clears throat> he, I got connected with him um, a few different times over the years since since that point. And then my um, Greg Reed, Greg Reed wrote. Um, he was my my co-author. Yeah. And Greg's a, a baller. He's total stud. He's the founder of Secret Knock. Okay. Where the the Forbes calls it the number one networking in the in the world event. Yeah. Um, and um, he's a five times movie producer. He's written himself of now forty best selling books. And Greg's just a stud. And That's I awesome. connected with him. And Greg and I um, reached out to, to Brian. And so, Brian, remember that conversation that we had about being good at sales and being good at leading? Well, let me tell you what I've been doing the last 15 years to apply like the wisdom that you said and then what to do about it. Yeah. Like, actually, with tangible tools yeah. to help somebody who's a good sales, who's good, you know, great at sales, helping them transition into a leadership role. And I've developed a system. And I call it the sellership system, which is seven practical steps and tools and secrets, really, yeah. to transition successfully from sales into leadership. Yeah. And he's just like, and he's like, oh, I love it. I'm like, will you write the foreword? And he's like, I'm in. Oh, my god! It was just dude. like this cool. Oh, it's cool. so and, rad. And since then, it's, uh, to be honest, I'm kind of fanboying a lot with him because he's just. That's okay, man, though, man. But I'm like, I'll, like I'll show my wife, like, babe, Brian's texting me. We, yeah. We've texted, like, sort of regularly. And he actually wrote in, he wrote in my, my new book coming up, Pluck the Fud. Yeah. He wrote, he's in the back cover. He has a, a quote there. And just, like, being able to connect with him and, and it is, it is with one of your mentors. And, and I always wanted to write a book and be kind of like him, and I'm, he just keeps telling me, he's like, Ben, don't quit, yeah. keep going. And I love it. Yeah. I love it, man. That's so freaking rad. Well, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, 
you know, I wanted to talk about is the book you just referenced, right? Because yeah. this was the first one, yeah. right? Which is which is awesome. I've 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 read a lot of it. I haven't I haven't completed the whole thing, but the principles in it are absolutely incredible. And especially um, in what I'm doing right now, we have salespeople all the time. There's nothing we want more for them than to grow and expand. And in fact, our our brand ideal is expanding life, right? Because Ooh, I realize I, really love that. I didn't know that. Yeah, expanding life because because. What I have learned, and I'm sure you've learned this as well, is human beings are designed to grow and expand. Yep. And as soon as they ever find themselves in a situation where they're no longer experiencing it, they freak out, right? And that's why like, we'll see sometimes very erratic behavior. Sometimes out of nowhere, they end a job, start a job, change careers, go back to school, yeah. end relationships, start relationships, move across the country, right? Because they feel like something has to change, something has to give some way they have to grow out of this and they don't know why most people resort to changing their environment right but what we have tried to champion is an opportunity for people to grow right where they're at right that they can take on more and that there's so much more responsibility they can keep growing and expanding but that's why i love this entire concept wow. right because as salespeople, we oversimplify it like we've already discussed right which is i'm a good salesperson therefore I'm a great leader, right? And so I, I love that you address that head on. But now you're in a new passionate project. Well, it's all, it's all part of the same plot. In fact, in sellership, I introduced yeah. Pluck the FUD okay. as one of the key principles because yeah. here's the thing. So by the way, let's talk about Pluck the FUD, yeah. by the way. Uh, don't say that five times fast. Yeah. You're going to drop an F-bomb. People <laughs> always tell me when I'm on stage, they're like, have you ever, afterwards, they're like, Pluck the FUD! Have you ever said that wrong on stage? And Pluck it! <laughs> so far, I haven't, uh, but yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, it's awesome. But, but FUD stands for? Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Okay. And so here's the thing. Like, when you're growing a garden, like, if somebody's growing a garden, what inevitably is going to creep into a garden? Weeds. Weeds, right? Yeah. So yeah. you got to get in. You got you to gotta get in. You got to pluck the weeds out of the garden. Yeah. Right? If not, they're going to destroy whatever you're trying to grow. Yes. It steals its nutrients. It yeah. chokes out the you know, roots, all that. Yeah. You got to pluck, the, pluck the, the, the weeds, right? Yeah. Ryan, you know this. I know this. We know this. Yeah. Those watching know this. Weeds in the mind are a real thing. These mind weeds. We might have this like awesome idea, like this like maybe this like beautiful idea plant. Like I'm gonna double my team sales this year. Yeah. Or I'm gonna, you know, grow my team. I'm gonna double my personal sales or whatever it is, right? I'm like, yeah, I've seen somebody else do it. I'm gonna follow Ryan's passion. I'm gonna do it. And inevitably, while we're on the pursuit of what we want, weeds of the mind will come in and they are real. And the most common weeds are fear, Yep. uncertainty yep. and doubt you experience it I experience it we experience it yeah. the question is what do we do when they come in yeah. and and so you've got to pluck the FUD the number my number one sales advice for any human being on the planet is you've got to pluck the FUD because the easy part is learning the skills yeah you can learn them you can watch videos yeah. duplicate how to stand yeah. what to say your pitch your Tonality. tone yep. up at the end of the sentence or down yeah, how's yeah. your elbow feeling yeah well, no how's your elbow feeling if you, if you had a doctor that was like how's your elbow feeling <laughs> well i think we need to do a prescription and with that prescription we're going to send you over to the lab <laughs> and we're going to you're like oh man that really showcases the power of tonality I yeah love it. well versus it? yeah inflection? They, they have no authority yeah like you're yeah. like dude who's this doctor and i'm at it they're not a doctor who's yeah. this imposter yeah but How's your elbow feeling? Yeah. 
Okay. Measurable feeling. Yeah. How, what we need to do, yep. we're just going to give you this prescription or we're going to do this, you know, thing, whatever. Yeah. Bro, yeah. those things are learnable. That's yeah. easy. Yeah. Imagine, I mean, those listening right now would be like, oh, boom, I didn't thought it. Maybe someone thought about it and worked on it. Maybe yeah. others never thought about it. Yeah. That's easy. That's yeah. the easy part. The hard part, the real challenge in driving results is learning to guard your mind and take action despite the inevitable fear. Yeah. That's the hard part. Yeah. And that's why I wrote Pluck Because you, you, you can't just not experience the emotion. You can choose to try to not give as much meaning to it. But it, a lot of times it's still there all the while you're going through it. hundred percent. Right? Fe- fe- being fearless is not about having less fear. It's not, it's not about being fearless. Yeah. It's not being fearless. I'm not going to have fear now. Yeah. It's about... Oh, I don't have fear. It's about fearing about. less. It's about what do you do when that fear comes in. Weeds are going to come into a garden. You've just got to pluck them. Yep. You've got to have the tools. You've got to be equipped and, and know when to, to pluck them. Yeah. Weeds of the mind are going to come in. Yeah. The key is when they come, what do you do? Yeah. And that's, that's, why I put, that's why I'm pretty passionate about it because it's like the number one problem. As I work with salespeople, as yeah. I've been a salesperson, yeah. led sales team. You, you've lived that. I've lived it yeah. with my yeah. teams. That's the problem. Yeah. Myself personally, getting myself to take action despite fear. Pluck the FUD, then my book is all about how. And I share eight very tangible strategies that, are, that actually work in real life, that are practical and applicable that you can use. And I share that in my book. Yeah, and I want to I kind of dive into some of those. But um, so, you know, where I feel like this applies perfectly is what we've been referencing is the trenches, right? And to us, I think the description of the trenches is when you're like in the middle of your sales grind, right? And you don't quite know exactly what you're doing and there is that FUD exists, right? The fear, uncertainty, doubt, like, am I ever going to get this? Like I can still remember, you know, both of us come from door to door sales, right? And I still remember my first week and I was looking down this street and it'd been like four days in and I go, I don't think I'm ever going to get this from where I am now and where I think I need to be. That is like, the Grand Canyon. That That's the gap. trench that we're, we're trying to build. It's impossible. We're yeah, never, yeah. never going to get there. Yeah, exactly. And so like you're, you're in the grind, right? You're in the thick of it. You're trying to overcome. I mean, you're, you're battling it, right? But it doesn't appear easy or maybe that there's even going to be the outcome that you desire, right? Yeah. And so I feel like the, the concept applies really well, especially in, in, the, in the form of sales that I've had the privilege to work in because it doesn't matter where you're at in your career, I think it's important to embrace it because it will always be there, mm. right? Whether it's the un- fear, uncertainty, doubt of like, am I ever going to get this? To where you start to get it. And what we were sharing earlier is it doesn't matter if it's a week or even a couple days or an entire season. When you come back and you throw yourself back into that sales process again, you ask yourself all kinds of disempowering questions. Like, can I still do this, right? Can I still sell people? What if we've sold everyone? What if there are no more yeses? Like, you know exactly what I'm talking about because we've all I've just been so that. lucky. I'm never going to have another yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. Dude, that's you know? the trenches. I, 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 that, I mean, 100%. I think, like, what, as, as far as even, like, soft like a brick yeah. and, like, gen shy, the spirit of gen shy is to never treat another person small, including yourself and like the brick and mortar. So like if you have like the brick and mortar, the mortar is that communication. How do we communicate with ourselves? Do we treat ourselves small? 
How do we communicate with others? Do we do? Are we willing to have those conversations with them? That's the yeah. mortar that that seals yeah. that seals it together. And, and yeah, and I would agree with you. Like learning that communication is an art, right? And I think it's one one that you commit to. It's a good art yeah. and science for sure. It's an art yeah. and science. The art is being willing to to do it, to be sloppy, to learn how to do it. And Brian Brian Tracy said, anything worth doing well is worth doing poorly at first. Yeah. Being willing to just do it, and that's where yeah. the trenches. That's the trenches of not knowing, but just knowing you have to push and try, just trying to figure it out together. And that's where, for me, I've got so much freaking love and respect for you, is because together, side by side, we've been in. We keep talking about the trenches. Yeah. That's where we're like in motion. Yeah. Learning as we do. Yeah. Learning as we go. Learning as we do. Yeah. Which I, I invite any anybody. That's one of the challenges I yeah. have for any leader. Learn as you do. Yeah. Be yeah. willing to make mistakes along the way. Yeah. You might not be winning the fight. But you're in the fight. But you're in the fight. Yeah. And so in. you're winning. And I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah. I'm still alive. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, plucking the FUD, once again, whether you're in our space, brand new, you know, a, a couple of year vet, you've had an entire career, you will still battle that. And so I'd love just to hear, uh, and I know there's so many good principles in your books coming out, and I'm freaking excited. I actually have a quote in it. Yeah, I'm so right. excited about. I'm pumped that you're yeah. in there, brother. Thank uh, you for that. That was yeah. awesome. No, and I, I I appreciated you sharing that with me. It was yeah. awesome. I got a, a chance to to see the book before everyone else gets to. So super cool. But what would you say if you know for for the salesperson who's in in the middle of that right now, right? The fear, uncertainty, and doubt is creeping in. What would be just kind of some some quick you know, a quick, uh, you know, oh man, I'm messing Dude, up. Dude, I got you. No, a quick, I, I a quick, like fact, synopsis. Bro, you're not even messing up. I'm feeling goosebumps because of, uh, like, let me share. Like, like, give me the, the best stuff, right? Because, like, let's okay. just say that no one else reads the book. You have one shot. One shot. I'm dude, going down. I'm so pumped because, yeah. dude, like, tell me what to do. Bro, I asked that same question to Brian Tracy the night. We picked him up a couple years after that first mastermind. We, he came and spoke to the, you remember this. Yeah. He came in, he came, where was it? Sundance. Yeah, remember he yeah, came yeah. to Sundance and yep. was teach. Yep. So I had the chance, uh, I, um, I had the opportunity uh, to go and pick him up from the airport with Wright Thurston and, and Jared Taggart. We went to dinner then we went to Ruth's Chris up in Salt Lake. And I, I had the privilege of driving him home, me and Brian, to, to his hotel. because He wasn't at home. To his yeah. hotel, and as right as we're talking, and it was just this awesome conversation. This is Brian Tracy. This is my. This is there's like this rad full circle story of just how he's imprinted on my life. Yeah. I asked him that same question you're asking me right now. Yeah. I'm like Brian, of all of the things you've learned, you've written at that point is like 70 best-selling books. Speak. He's a top speaker, paid speaker all over the world. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I just said, of all the things you've learned, like what would you if you if I was your son and the son that you know was going to take action like on what you say because yeah. there's others who are like you can tell them all day long and they're not going to do it yeah if i was the son that was like eager to learn and grow and like what what would you share and i said that to him i looked at him in my he was, in, he was on, on the passenger side and he said dude ryan without even flinching not even a flinch he said there's two and i'm like I remember being like, in my mind, it's all like, oh, yeah, where's the, oh, where's my, mind? and I didn't have one. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, okay, I got to take some massive mental notes. Yeah. And he said, first, continuous learning. Can and I? Can I? And yeah. I first, my first thought, honestly, we knew that. We Which is of, constant, never ending improvement. Can yeah. I? Can I? Can yeah. I? And my first, honestly, my first thought was like, Brian, tell me something I don't know. Yeah. 
And then he elaborated. And I didn't say that to him, but I, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, I already know that. Okay. Next, Brian, Check. tell me something Check. I can apply. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. He's like, listen, if you continue to learn, you'll continue to grow and develop into the very best version of yourself. And he's like, everybody in the front of the line started in the back of the line. And he's like, if you just commit to continuous learning, and especially in the areas you're wanting to improve at, get specialized knowledge from the best people in the world, continue to learn. And I'm like, all right, cool. It wasn't that profound then, but over the, core, the filter of, of experience, bro, I can't think of anything more profound than a, than a true commitment to can I, yeah. to, but to, to continue to learn. Yes. And from all the things he could have said, that was the first thing. The wow. second. Okay. And then, you, and then like 20 minutes after this conversation with Brian, you and I met up and we were back over at Taggart's house yeah, yeah. And, and chatting. This changed my life. And I talk about this all the time. And it's in my, it's this, this is in, in my book, chapter nine. I talk about this specific scenario. It's a story. So it's not like it's me, but it bleeds into the story. Yes. The second thing, don't quit. He's like, keep going. And he looked me in the eye. I'll just never forget Brian Tracy's eye to me. He's just like, when the world tells you that you should quit because you're justified. You're legit justified in quitting. Don't, don't quit. Keep going. You're gonna have to pivot in your life. Things might change circumstance, yeah. but like what, get very clear on where you wanna go and what you wanna do. You keep going and you don't quit. And, as he, and then as he was about to come out, he's like, by the way, I asked my mentor, Jim Rohn, oh, wow. that same question. And he's like, do you wanna hear what he told me? I'm like, wow, dude. Like, I don't even know if I could like, get out. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And he, he's like, my mentor, the number one piece of advice that he, of all of his experience, he said, you've got, you've got to stand guard at the door of your mind. That's the one thing. If you learn to stand guard, and it's like, you, you know, this is now my interpretation over the years. But yeah. it's like, for me, the way I look at that is like, you got to like hire a bodyguard. Just like you would hire a bodyguard and put him in front of a door that yeah. you wouldn't have somebody come into to your club. You, you want to like hire a bodyguard and put him at the door of your mind and be like, the world's going to send you all sorts of signals. You're dumb. Quit. You can't do this. And you got to learn. You got to learn to stand guard. And in my book, I teach very specific tools on what I've learned and applied myself to, to, ultra, to earn my first million dollars in sales commission while I was in college. Yeah. You, alongside you in the trenches. Part of the trenches is like driving results and like how do you stand guard? And, I t and pluck the FUD. I, I share very specific strategies, vulnerably, raw, That's what awesome. it takes. That's awesome. I mean, being able to take what two, you know, historic thought leaders have and then be able to take it and how, how it applies real world like I, I love that. Like it's so freaking profound. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, you talk about you know the second one with the don't quit. Um, like like so applicable in in what I do right now, yes. right? Because in direct sales, you don't know. Most of the time, if you're brand new, you don't know if you can do this. Right? There's no guarantee if, for yeah. success. And so even if you commit to it, it's almost like there's two commitments. There's the commitment that you make when you're like, okay, I'm gonna give this a shot. And then it's like Mike Tyson says, everyone's got a strategy until they get punched until in the face. Until they get punched in the face, yeah. And so then becomes a real commitment, like am I going to stick with it? Yes. But what I, what I, I feel like you probably believe and what I have seen is that as long as you continue 
to pursue. One foot in front of the other. You keep moving forward. Everyone always arrives. You always eventually arrive. And you know, sometimes with rejection, it's no, 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 no. Rejection, 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 rejection. Yes. And when, and when you learn that that's just how the world works, no matter what you are going to do. If there is anything significant that you are going to pursue in life, it follows that same exact pattern. Bro. Which is why Preach. I've, Preach. <laughs> which is why I've loved I've loved sales because I feel like it gives people an inside look, a chance to apply a metaphor, if you will, for how they can choose to live every aspect of their lives, right? Whether you're trying to pursue a relationship, whether you're trying to master a skill, whether you're trying to be successful in a sales career or be an entrepreneur and start your own business, it's always going to be no, 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 no until yes, right? And, and that don't quit mentality, gosh, it, it freaking resonates with me. So I, it's easy to, it's one of those yeah. things easy to say, but hard to actually apply yeah. in the trenches when it's scary, life is right? real and hard and there's no problem with the FUD is real. Yeah. The uncertainty, you don't know. There's yeah. no promise. That will, the, the fear, uncertainty, doubt cripples you. 100%. So you're not even equipped to go and take on that challenge of not quitting yep. because like it's, it's crippling on you. So yep. I love that you, you basically teach how to get that out of the way so that you can take on not quitting. Bro. Ah, right. I love it. Um, cool. Well, Ben, dude, like this couldn't have been more fun. More like, fun. I hope people see just how much fun you and I are having here. <laughs> this is just about as real as it gets. But thank you so much, dude. and and congratulations, ah. congratulations on uh, on your success. You know, and, and making such a significant impact in the lives of of, of people, the lives of, of of salespeople and sales leaders. Um, you know, hats off to you. Super cool to see. So thank you. Thank you, Ryan. We won't stop.